This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Oak Road Hatter Podcast, I'm Billy Mully and today we look back at yet another win in Hull featuring Henry Lawnsbury before we discuss last night's 3 draw with Huddersfield Town. We finish up by talking all things Albion as we preview our clash at the Hawthorns. Here today with me I've got Stephen Day and Jamie Castle. Start with you Stephen because I didn't see you yesterday. How are you getting on? Not too bad mate, you? Not too bad at all. Uh, and Jamie, Jamie, we uh, first game we seen together yesterday. I was sat in your dad's seat. It was all it was all <laughs> happy until um, Sorba Thomas turned up. Yeah, so basically that's the first and last time you're you're, you're sat in a seat. Yeah, and also can I just check a little little pun at the start? Henry Laundry was was planned and not not just a faux pas. Oh, it was it was planned as anything. I think that was. Um, <laughs> I think that's my best work in what sixty episodes of this podcast. That is my finest work to date. Yeah, I mean it's not hard though, it mate, is it? To be fair, it's not hard. Well, take the credit <laughs> away from me, why don't you? But I didn't realise looking at like the quotes after the match, he's actually got a company. Yeah, yeah. I did not realise that at all. And one of yeah, the I mean, um, it- it's it's weird. I've I've sort of known for a while. I've because I've I saw like locks and cordic and stuff put it on their stories, and then I told uh, Stephen and, and and I make Kieran uh, when they're around mine watching it, and they were like, "No way!" I was like, "Yeah, it's like it's, it's hilarious." Brilliant. Look, we need to, we need Brilliant. to get in contact with him somehow and uh, get him sponsoring the pod. <laughs> I, um, I mean, there's only one way to do it. I think he needs to come out and do one of our grass. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm I'm grassless, so. Oh yeah, yeah. I might take one for the team. Then. 
<laughs> but anyway, we will talk about that game in a bit more detail. Of course, it started off with Hull sacking their manager the morning of a game. Not the best tactic in the world. Um, they were four games, um, four games losing streak going into it. Uh, sack Arvaladze. Um, a bit of confusion around the club, but apparently um, it's quite common within the Turkish league. That's happened a fair few times before. But it adds pressure on us, I guess. I guess when something like that happens, it does add that element of risk going into the game. How are Hull going to come out and play? Blah, blah, blah. But five minutes into the game, uh, Adebayo directs a shot at goal. Unfortunately, doesn't get his first, but it goes in anyway off, off the defender. The perfect kind of start for a potentially tricky game. Yeah, when I saw he, he got sacked, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised by the sacking itself, but when I saw it was on the day of the game, it was, it was like 11.30, I thought it's just standard looting, isn't it? Just to, to make an absolute meal out of a recently managerless hole. Um, but no, I thought we dealt with it really well. I mean, there was a, a big sort of, I think both, both, Cohen and, and 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 Nathan sort of bigged up a little bit in terms of it's a really tough game, and of course, of course it was a tough game, but they still weren't in great form regardless. And and I, and I think, given it was so so near to the game itself, the players were prepped in in the shot away. Like, there's no way that the new boss can do too much to change things up. Um, so it it was still a a shot up Arvaladze side, um, but no, I thought we dealt, we dealt with it really well and. It's always important, especially in games like that, to, to sort of get the first goal and, and, and to get it as early as, as we did was, was even more important. As we said there, it was a bright start. We pretty much limited them to, to very little in an attacking sense. A good defensive performance again. Um, one um, development of that has to be talked about. That's Reese Burke getting injured Difficult to take. He hasn't had that run of games. I think uh, I've seen a stat the other day that he's only managed six successive games since joining Luton um, before injury has struck or unavailability has, has occurred. That's quite disappointing and frustrating for us Luton fans, knowing how good he is. Yeah, it's it's upsetting as well because I reckon if he... If he could get a good run of games, more than six in the squad, like he could be an absolute mainstay in the squad. I mean, like he deserves it with how he performs. Um, and yeah, it's just really disappointing that we can't, he can't stay fit. And you know, it's not his fault. It's just you know one of those things we have to deal with, and it just adds to what I believe anyway to be a problem at the like centre back position. And um, but yeah, it's uh, you know hugely disappointing. And I think it contributes to the reason why he probably isn't sort of up there in terms of the general league view as sort of top centre half in the league. So because just based on minutes, really, I think if you were to look at the minutes he's played as a, as a percentage of the minutes where he's where he's, where he's been available for for, for for selection, he's probably up there in eighty ninety percent of, of of minutes played. But it's just the fact that he's not been available as as often as we'd like. I've I've no doubt if if he could if he could literally like roll out forty six games like someone like a Lox can, um, 
or, or yeah, or, or Potts so far. He's he sort of done really well. He's been really consistent. There's, uh, for me, there's no doubt in that he, he probably would, would be a shit, well, not a shoe in, but he'd definitely be in contention for like a, a team of the season type. Top, top top level of stuff because he's um he's massive for us he's um he's definitely one of those players that I I'd be about to someone that that can step up to 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 to, to, to sort of the top flight but if if we make it um at some point so it's just frustrating because if if we can get get him fully fit and and firing for 15 20 games in a row then yeah it's just yeah he's good He's a defender that has it all as well. Um, you think of our current defensive options, Dan Potts, athletically, he's not, not as um, good as, as you'd probably say a, an average championship defender is. Uh, Lockyer in terms of his uh, ball-carrying skills, Burke, but just has it all in my eyes. Somebody that maybe it's sort of good that he has these spells where he doesn't play, given the fact that, that January's up up and coming teams will be assessing their options at the moment and you know the importance he now has within that team since Naismith's departure um, it wouldn't be surprising if he would have played all these games if he would have started every game this season if he was put on ra- at the radar of you know low Premier League clubs richer championship clubs um, yeah it'd be interesting to see if that would would be would be a thing but also looking into that game Aside Burke, we've got to talk about Henry Lansbury goal. What a strike. I think I've seen a lot of debate on, on socials during the week about whether it would be the best goal we've seen, um, best long-range strike. And I'll open it up to the floor here. Um, what, what do you think, Stephen, first? I mean, one of the... There's two YouTube videos, that I mean, one that's been spent to that like I've watched throughout my life and it's like the top 100 Luton goals and there's there's some brilliant long range strikes from like back in the 80s and all that and like so I wouldn't say it's up there like being in contention to be the best but it would 100% make it into that into that reel if they was to do it now and it's it was a brilliant strike and I mean me Jamie and Kieran were watching it and together and we just sat there like pissing ourselves laughing because it was just completely unexpected. Like Kieran had said beforehand, um, has uh, Lansbury scored for us yet? And we're like, no, don't think so. And then 10 minutes later, he's popped that in and it's just, just brilliant. And yeah, um, I, it is one of the better ones we've seen recently. Then, but at the same time, like it's, you know, it's, yeah, it was just a brilliant goal. And that goal has got to be the best marketing ever for his for his <laughs> To score a goal like that, whip out the celebration, you, you just couldn't you couldn't plan anything better. Um, and now, as we as we all know, grass gains is on the uh, top of our lips. Um, I mean, I, I think looking... I think I think on that goal, Billy, you just come back to your to question, like. It's always tough to rank goals like that. It's it's always tough to break it down frame by frame and sort of deem why one goal is better than the other. Because I mean, it, certainly in my living memory, there's been a few goals like that would sort of stand out. Obviously, namely you've got your, your Oli Lee, it's sort of from 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 the halfway line and beyond stands out as one. You've got your Pelly at Dartford. Obviously, that 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 was a winner. That 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 was a 
a belt of a strike. They, even further back, you got you got Matty Spring at, at Watford. Like that, that was a, a belt of a goal. So you've got goals like that that stand out in history, and you think, well, how do you compare them? And I think for me, the only way you can compare them is by the celebration. And I think because of that, it's it's got to be Harry Lansbury. Just to 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 score a goal like that, and then to think of think of doing that is just fantastic. Like. I think that obviously, like Stephen said, like we we were laughing as it was, but by the fact that Lansbury scored, but the fact that he pulled that out of his ass from from somewhere, we were just on the floor. It was it was it was amazing. Like for me, moment moment so far this season. He's good at those, isn't he? Bringing those moments. You might always remember last season. You've you've got the Ryan Manning incident. You've got the one where he wins a corner against Blackburn, and he is just giving it. He's proper giving it there. You just think he's just one of those, one of those players that just gets everybody on board. He's just proper, proper looting, and I think that's why, that's why we do love him. And it was again, it wasn't just the goal; it was a, a brilliant performance from him. And you mm. think he hasn't been in the the starting eleven too often. Um, certainly, stake to claim, and again started against Huddersfield yesterday. But also looking at that whole game. I think we've got to address at this point this this away form because that's now five games, ten points, three wins, a draw and a loss. We've played some decent teams. We played Bristol City when they were, were firing. That's our only loss. We played uh, Burnley and, and perhaps could have got something more out of that. Um, of course, we, we beat the likes of Cardiff, Swansea, not easy teams to go and, and beat. It's been a very, very productive start away from home and, and we always speak about Kev, uh, Kenworth Road and, and it being a fortress over more recent years um, it's not panning out that way at the moment Yeah it's frustrating right because like, like we say we always say about the Kenny being being a fortress it, it's sort of but if only that matched our away form then we'd we'd certainly be up there not to say we're not up there I think we're we're sort of there or thereabouts and I still think that we, we're in for good season but just, just need to turn that home form around but then having said that, looking at the fixtures that come up, you've got back-to-back-to-back to back to back pretty much away is by the QPR home that's sort of wedged in there, which is West Brom, Norwich midweek and then and then Watford. So if there's a time where you want your away form to be on point, it's it's probably this month, right? Um, if if we can get a win in two draws or, or there or thereabouts from those three, then I think we certainly would all take that, that's for sure. Especially if, if the win was, was, was on the last... Was on the last game with those three as well um so yeah i mean i'm, I'm not I'm not overly concerned about home form because I, I think it's obviously we'll come on to last night but i thought we, we were definitely more than worthy of three points um well in, in terms of in terms of the game of it but we yeah, will come with that in a sec so yeah i mean i think in terms of in terms of our away form obviously we had to rest from on saturday and they're not they're not in, in the best form themselves so hopefully we, we can go on and, and continue the away form and Stephen, what do you put it down to this this sort of a shift where we're winning away games, averaging two points a game from our away games so far, and as we mentioned there, hasn't been the toughest, haven't hasn't been the easiest, sorry, fixtures on the road. Does it come down to mentality when we play away? Is it in terms of our playing style when we when we go away? Is it all sort of benefiting us more when we when we do go away and see uh, less pos- less possession? And I guess. It's more about the opposition. The opposition are more focusing about themselves when they're playing at home. Yeah, I think it is a mentality issue because I think at at home it seems to be that we are 
very open and not as confident once we're ahead. Um, it feels like we don't have the composure to keep the lead. Whereas away from home, it feels like we've got that extra bit of, I guess, effort to keep the lead because we know how important away wins will be because I think we're a little bit, almost a little bit complacent that we can get a result at home without putting our foot fully down like on the pedals. So like, I think it's it's very frustrating. I mean, to be fair, right? I mean, it, it might be seen as a little bit controversial, but but I don't think the atmosphere at home has been that great this season. I think it, it, it is a little bit chicken and egg. I think the Sheffield, the Sheffield United game and, and the Blackburn game was, was good. But last night started so flat. Like me, me and you, Bill, said it at, at the time. It started just, just a bit, bit meh. And I, and I, again, I, I get it. It's a bit sort of chicken and egg in terms of where yeah, you want you want sort of a fast start to, to lift the home crowd. But even from the first whistle, it was a, it was a bit a bit flat. And I think if 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 we could just could have given the extra twenty percent sort of more effort our our side in into sort of backing the lads, then I, I think we may not have gone one or down or, or we may have sort of got the first goal or whatever. So, yeah, I think I think that, that there's probably something to be said of, in terms of the atmosphere at home this season pro- probably hasn't helped. And we've mentioned it enough already. We'll go on to that Huddersfield game. Um, I think we were looking at the half-time scores, Jamie, and um, it was 3-2 to us and all the other games in the division were 0-0. So all the action at Kenworth Road, the game being televised on, on Sky Sports main channel, of course, wasn't our game. Um, they missed a trick, I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 for goals-wise, from a, a neutral standpoint, then yeah. But I mean, if if you wanted to watch a comedy of defending for, for for that first half, I mean, from both sides, I think that their three goals were just, yeah. What what do you say? I mean, f- first goal was. Basically, direct from a corner. I mean, they said it was a Morris own goal, but even if, if Morris did, didn't get a flick on it, it would have gone in the back post anyway. So yeah, to, to, for, for someone to to sort of score from a corner and then the penalty thing, the less said about that, the better. Really, um, I think probably it did hit his arm, but it just shows that referees have never played football, and I'm I'm, I'm obviously saying that from from someone that also hasn't played football at, at any decent level but surely like surely they understand that it's so hard to get your hand out of the way from that situation and I guess the argument is well don't have your hand up in the first place but come on like if that if that doesn't hit Dan Potts hands then then where's that ball going it's going into a crowd of, of players and then it goes from there. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't materially change the, the, the course of events. Um, so that was frustrating. And then, I mean, it was it was good for us to to sort of get back like we did and uh, and to go in three two up. But yeah, that whole half was just a bit of a of a comedy of errors because because even I think two of their goals was just awful defending. Like the first goal, you think well, the the, the centre half got it as his feet and he sort of just like walks it walks in in the net. Um, so yeah, it, it was a bit of a, of a of a weird first half. Yeah, it was very very strange. And just going on to the three goals themselves uh, that we conceded, of course, disappointing the, the manner of them, all three from corners, all 
in my eyes, equally as frustrating. Um, I do get the point you're trying to make, Jamie, about that. But for me, that is still handball. I think if your hands are up, you're asking for trouble. And I, I, I know that's natural in some circumstances. But I think where the ref was positioned, where Potts's hands were, I just I, I understand that he can't really do anything about that. But I think you're asking for trouble when you when your hands are where they are. Um, ultimately, the I, I just think Silver Thomas delivery is as much as we we can blame ourselves for everything, which we're quite rightly to do. The consistency of Thomas uh, Silver Thomas delivery is, is just crazy. Um, we speak about James Bree, how good his delivery is. Inconsistencies do creep in with him, though, as we did see last night. Silver Thomas just doesn't seem to to take a bad set piece. And I think ultimately when you're putting in so many crosses like he does, um, I think you're going to get caught out, but not to the extent that we did. Um, you know, like, I'll get that for sure, but I, mean, I, I, I agree. Thomas is a great player and his, deliver- and his deliveries are really, really good. But I'm pretty sure from all three of those scenarios, you just got to head the ball. Like, like the, 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 there was a a minute, or like there was a moment, like five ten minutes later, where Morris got his head on that ball from, from, from the corner. If if he does that, does it the first time round, then it's 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 nil nil when the game carries on. So, yeah, I appreciate you can say oh, Thomas is a wonderful player, and which he is, and he's got great deliveries, and which he does. But you just got to do the basics. You just got to get your head on the ball, and then the third goal as well was just, just I think Pelly at the back post lost his man, but then at the same time, you've got you've got three defenders in the middle. You just just need to get get your head on it, and you just just get rid. And you can tell Nathan was was frustrated at the end because it's just it's it is our own fault. And I I, I, I said at the top that we were definitely worthy of three points, but to be fair, were we if if we make three mistakes like that? Um, so yeah, it's just 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 frustrating, mate. We'll get back onto some happier bits of of tonight's podcast. Elijah Adebayo is back on the score sheet, which of course has been a long time coming. Two goals as well, like London buses, but both very very well taken. We speak about the first one, and we spoke earlier about how it may have been defended better, but ultimately that is Adebayo back at his best. That turn, that finish. Uh, confidence oozing through his veins. It was just great to see him return a performance like that. And um, we'll go on to sort of the comments afterwards that, that he made um, about the, the off the field issues. But first and foremost, just based on that performance, how how exciting is it to see him back playing like, like he did last night? It's bloody exciting, basically. It's brilliant that we're going to have two strikers in form and it's you know kind of what we need to kind of turn the home form around as well and it and it's I think to be fair like I think Elijah looked like he was back against Hull I wouldn't have said that last night was the you you know it's good that he got on the score sheet but I think he put in a really confident performance and like looked a lot better against Hull and than what he'd done before and at that point I was thinking you know what he's back and it won't be long until he scores some goals and you know, he scored two last night and it was, you know, and proper Elijah Adebayo goals as well. Like, as we said, well taken and kind of bullied defenders off the ball. It was, you know, the sort of goals that he was scoring last season. It's, I think the the worries of will he get back to it now are, 
are gone and it's it's just going to be brilliant to have two strikers on form. I, I want to say as well, like it shows that they're able to to, port, um, to form a partnership as well, which I think was like another worry. It was like, you know, will we be able to have both of them on the pitch at the same time? And it's brilliant that we can um, because I think there was that sort of problem with um, Danny Hilton and James Collins where they sort of didn't perform the greatest together. But with Adebayo and Morris linking up the way that he did, um, we could score no end of goals this season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Beal said in the summer that he's a £10-plus million pound player, but up until sort of the international break, we, he was just a... He just wasn't himself. Uh, and it, well, that wasn't just his goals. It just, he just looked a bit leggy. And I think a few of us assumed that maybe he wasn't quite over his injury. And obviously, it all came out last night in terms of in terms of reasons, which is completely understandable. But the, the whole game is, is one in terms of, yeah, he was he was back, back to his best. Just, just, just back to his sort of aggressive best and then the the second goal last night is if you had to define an, a, a goal scored by Adebayo it, it's that second goal last night he just ch- chases after a loose ball puts the, the defender under so much pressure that he gives it up and then just to have the composure just to slot it past the keeper um, so it, it, yeah it's only going to be good for Luton especially if, if we can get Morris and, and Eli firing together like like Stephen said um, so yeah, and, and again, like we said, can come into a, a difficult set of four games to have both, both sort of firing at the best is uh, is really important because the, the, the only way we're gonna we're gonna get get some good results out of those four is to have two aggressive, confident strikers. As we say, very very good to see Elijah Adebayo back to his very best. Of course, before the international break, we had Corley Woodrow put a very, very good shift in next to Colton Morrison. And even before that, the Coventry game, Harry Cornick looked very, very good next to Morris. So it's exciting to have those options. A real selection dilemma for Jones as the, the season progresses. But I think based on last night, based on everything we've seen so far, once Morris and Adebayo's uh, partnership is fully blossoming, which was close, close to to being at its very best last night. I'm sure def- defenses over across the league are going to be worried. As we say, there's this difficult run of fixtures coming as well. So perfect, perfect time for Adebayo to get back on the score sheet and back returning those kind of performances that we saw last year. I guess another thing we have to talk about is Jordan Clark getting on the score sheet. Jamie, you were very, very happy when he scored. You, you felt like it's been coming for him. His performances warranted a goal and he got it and he took it well. Yeah, absolutely. When he scored, I said to you that he, he deserved that so much. I think of all the players that, that hadn't scored or, or hadn't scored many this season, he, he was, for me, up there in terms of someone that really, really deserved a goal. And not just last night. I thought last night was incredible, but just over the course of the season, Um and okay, I guess up until probably Harwe, he's played a bit, a bit more deeper in that sort of role at Lansbury's now, now sort of filling in. So he, now Clark's a bit, a bit sort of more forward. Um, but he's just to technically. I mean, we all know what what he's capable of te- like on the ball. And like last year, he showed it. But I think he's, he's just getting better. Just the way he carries it, and you sort of you, you compare him to sort of. Other attacking mids in the league, and I think he's up there. I think just on the ball, he he could be so composed. He's he's so strong for for someone of his height as well. Um, 
so yeah, and, and I think the goal last night was 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 so deserved, and and hopefully a bit like Eli, maybe that will make him grow confidence to to get a few more. We mentioned that about Clark. I think another thing we have to talk about is the fact that you know Lansbury has come in; he's playing more of a deeper lying role. It helped uh, Jordan Clark and Alan Campbell go a little bit more forward, and I think in in the midfield we've got these little triangles. We've got the one obviously that we just spoke about there, but we've also got the one where. Clark and Campbell are slightly deeper and then Freeman operates as the number 10. So so looking at the immediate future, I know different ga- uh, different games and different tests will require different systems and formations, but attacking games at home, w- having Luke Freeman fit, do you go for that kind of attacking, more attacking triangle? Uh, I, I think I, I go with, with the one sitter. I think you sort of see it as 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 sort of having that tens more attacking, but I think those two eights ahead of the one sitter in Lansbury, I think those two eights are quite aggressive as well. And in terms of the style of play, obviously we know what what Eli and Morris are like. They're aggressive centre forwards that you can no no two bones about it. You can lump it forward to them, and you, and you can expect it to stick to one of them. But then you've got your two eights in a Campbell, a Clark, or Freeman. You can maybe maybe play a, a Penny there if you've got Lansbury deeper. Like you've got then two aggressive eights that can get on the second balls, and I think when we're when we're at, at our sharpest, it's when you've got those two eights that I want it. Um, so no, I think no, no matter the game, I think having that one that one deep and and, and the two more aggressive eights because at times in in the quote unquote easier games they'll be more like 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 two sort of false tens really. Um, so no, for me the the, the the setup last night and not 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 necessarily personnel or other personnel, I think. Lansby Campbell and Clark at the minute are are the inform three, but no matter the personnel, I think I think that one sitter and and the, and the two eights are probably the best for our our system. And I think as well, like it's not it doesn't make us less attacking having that one sitter because you you look at it and Blackburn at home, Reese Burke went on that that run and scored from you know from the distance that he did, and Bree Bell. On your dim uh, being at win back, like the players aren't afraid to get forward. So I think having someone, you know, being there, sort of in that role to cover if players do go up, um, it doesn't mean that we're going to be less attacking. It's just I think it's more, you know, as Jamie said, it was it was the best sort of system to play because it doesn't leave us with less players going forward. And um, because you know we we look like we're not afraid to go forward. It's just. Sometimes it's a matter of being clinical enough and well, being clinical enough. But yeah, um, yeah, I thought I don't think it would be more like it would leave us uh, more defensive. It's interesting what you say there, Stephen, because I think go back to last year and there was a game against Coventry, the one we won five nil, where a back five was named and Glenn Ray was in the side and. It looked very defensive uh, from the onset, but it wasn't whatsoever. We were a lot more aggressive. Um, the midfield too, the, the eights were very, very aggressive. Luke Berry was very good in that game. And it, it just makes you think that, that no matter what a formation looks like, it, if you do your job correctly, if you're aggressive, if you press with intensity, it doesn't have to look aggressive. Uh, it doesn't have to look defensive at all. And I think that's exactly how we were Yesterday, and I think that's exactly what we're like with with Henry Lansbury as well. 
Yeah, I think you're very spot on. It just adds that that layer of protection. I think yeah, having that DM might might seem a bit a, a bit defensive, but it it, it gives a your wing backs. It, it gives them confidence to to push forward, knowing they've got that one that one sitter there. Because it will happen. Like the, the attacking players will lose the ball, and teams will try and counter on us. And you've got that one almost sort of advanced sweeper there, and in if it, 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 it like it just just sort of by the back three. Um, so no, I mean I, I think the, the the way it works is at the minute is, is fantastic, and if if last night we'd have won, we'd have all been sat here on back to back to back wins, and we would have all been lording it up. We'll go on to the West Brom game now. Um, haven't had too many trips, uh, well, too many successful trips to the Hawthorns over the years. I could only see the last five games at the Hawthorns because the usual form um, website I used wasn't working but I've seen the last five and it's five defeats doesn't make for good reading but then you look into their situation now one win in 11 games Steve Bruce seemingly under pressure and their performances haven't been as bad as the results would suggest but ultimately the team low in confidence at the moment I think they've conceded six goals in the last two games at home it's a good opportunity again I know we, we can't um we can't base everything off their form. It has to be what we're going to be like as well. But ultimately, it's a presentable opportunity to go and, and potentially get three points again. Yeah, I mean, no game is easy in this league, as we've you know seen with uh, some of the games we've had. Um, but as you said, it's a brilliant opportunity to get some points because I think in you know away from home, we've seen our, our form is brilliant and. And we've got the confidence that, you know, we can probably hit a team while they're down pretty well, especially away from home. Um, and I obviously, as I said, it's not going to be an easy game regardless, but I think it it's going to be, I think personally, it is going to be the game where we turn our form against them historically around. Let's hope yeah, so. And, uh, anyway. uh, and yeah, I think form in terms of performances for them haven't been great, but their squad's still still pretty good, right? I mean, they've got arguably player of the season potential level players of sort of Dean Garner, Swift, Wallace, Carlin Grant. I mean, all four of them at any point could could probably get twenty goals in the season, right? So, um, in terms in terms in terms of personnel, I think they're they're certainly up there and. No, no matter who you, who your manager is, even if it is Steve Bruce, the four players of that of that ability can always turn it on um, for, for for ninety minutes, even for, even for forty five minutes, and and get a few goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of past performances against West Brom, been there the last two times, and it's always just had that that air of sort of you sort of just go up there for a bit, uh, don't you? So. Um, yeah, I, I hope that that we can turn turn that that form around and, and hopefully finally get get three points there. And just a note here, we're recording this um, thirteen minutes before their game, so they might go out and win five 0 and make us all look a little bit silly. But let's hope that's not the case. We don't want them carrying momentum. Looking at West Brom as well, they they've just been reading a few of their player ratings for the most recent games and. Whilst Jamie there alludes to the talent they've got, um, the main man at the moment seems to be Brandon Thomas Asante, who's somebody that, that was linked with Luton. Um, they got him off Salford from League Two and he's adapted really, really well, playing with a lot of confidence in an underperforming team. 
gives some pace power and and again he might look at this sort of I don't want to say leaky Luton defence because of course we conceded three goals to set pieces but there'll be opportunities for him to get behind and, and cause chaos I think and he's somebody again um, just follows that kind of mould of these these lower league players coming into the championship and thriving we've done it on numerous occasions but I guess it signals sort of a change of approach from West Brom as well and a more of a realisation that they do need to recruit from from the lower leagues as well. And it's not just about using their fine... I don't want to say financial might because they're obviously not not the richest team in the division, but of course they've, they've been operating under parachute payments. I guess it's they're adapting to the championship more um they're sort of losing sight of the premier league and an immediate return yeah and i guess it's almost at that point where it's a bit hard to know what to expect right because like you said west Brom could go out and win five them tonight but they could equally equally go out and lose tonight and then then what then bruce might be gone before before the weekend so um obviously if you're nathan you're still preparing to, to face steve bruce but you might have to have a few last minute changes um but yeah i mean t- in terms of that sort of di- diversion of, of of strategy it'd be interesting to to see if and when steve bruce does go who they appoint whether they dip, dip into a into a sort of a league one league two side um i mean you've got you've got some some decent managers available at the minute you've got obviously wilder is, is, is one you've got edwards is two um so now it'd be interesting to sort of see see like, like you said in terms of their then seemingly new sort of strategy. We'll end tonight with some score predictions. Um, of course, a massive, massive game up at the Hawthorns. Um, we'll know a little bit more about West Brom after tonight. But Stephen, I'll come to you first. Um, I'm going to say uh, typical 1-0 away win. I think it's just the easiest thing to go for, but I'm confident we're going to win. So typical Luton away win, 1-0. Jamie, what about you, mate? It's just, it's, I'm not sure what it is. The Hawthorne just seems to count, counteract my optimism. I just, just can't quite envisage Luton going to the Hawthorns and getting three points. So I'm going to have to go for a, a one-all draw. The only prediction of the year where Jamie will predict us dropping points. It's uh, quite a rare occasion to so drink it in. I think I'm going to go for a draw as well. I'm going to go for a back-to-back three-all draw, which is seemed crazy, but you think of our front two at the moment. Um, exciting, exciting prospects. West Brom defending atrociously as well. We're susceptible, I think, at the back as well. Um, without Reese Burke, does give me a few concerns. I, I have been impressed with, with uh, Potts. Lockyer, for me, has been really, really good as well. But John Swift, Jed Wallace, Grady Diangana... Brandon Thomas, Asante in form. If they win tonight, I'm I'm sure confidence will, will be oozing and um, I can see that resulting in a another action-packed free-all draw. Let's hope. So, so base, basically, to, to summarise, if you're going up to the Hawthorns, enjoy the, uh, the, the, the ball draw nil-nil then. Yeah, that's where the money <laughs> should go. Yeah, I think um, whoever, whoever follows my tips is... Um, I just don't because they're never very good. And you you think you probably think of our predictions and 
every time I've gotten something completely different, I, I think based on form, blah, 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 it just doesn't happen. So maybe it's a tip for me to stop going outlandish with these these predictions because they never really come off and makes me look like a bit, bit of a mug. Well, that is all for today. Big thank you to the two of you and thank you again to the listeners. We're going to be back next week after our trip to the Hawthorns as we edge closer to that Watford game, one that we all can't wait for. Check us out on the socials. We are at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter. We are Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram and we are Oak Road Hatter on Facebook. And exciting updates coming with our website too. So check us out on www.com oakroadhatter.com but until next week it is goodbye from us the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.